0: Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Wednesday, August 21st, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins. Today, Steyer makes the best of his jury duty week, Gillibrand is open to being vice president, Sanders releases a plan to boost unions, Biden airs his first TV ad, and The Economist releases a new interactive primary data explorer tool. Here's what you missed today from the Campaign Trail. As we discussed yesterday, activist and former hedge fund manager Tom Steyer is officially off the campaign trail while on jury duty in San Francisco, but that has not stopped him from doing a little campaigning in San Francisco. On Monday night, Steyer attended an event at the Commonwealth Club and spoke to an audience of about 200 people about his policies with a focus on climate change and foreign policy. Reading from an ABC News 7 summary of the event, quote, On Monday, Steyer says if elected, he would declare a climate emergency on day one of his presidency. He said, we're going to have a healthier economy and a healthier environment. Steyer, a San Francisco-based activist and former hedge fund manager, also took aim at President Trump's foreign policy. He said, we're part of the world, whether we like it or not, and you cannot build a fence around the United States of America and think all of a sudden all the problems are going to stay outside. That's ridiculous. End quote. And no official word yet on whether Steyer has been selected for jury duty during his week off the trail, but I will keep you posted. On Monday, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand spoke at an event sponsored by The Washington Post. During that event, she was asked by Robert Costa of The Post about the possibility of being vice president. Here's the exchange. If you were not the nominee, would you be open to serving on the ticket? Of course. I will do public service in all its forms. I am here... Because um, my faith has really inspired me to serve, uh, to make public service my life's mission. And if I'm called to serve in any capacity, I will do it. Yeah, so this falls into the category of, you know, ask an obvious question, get an obvious answer. Having covered this race for quite a while, I can bet you there are roughly 20-ish people who would consider a VP spot on this ticket to be pretty awesome. In fact, the only person I can easily imagine turning down such an offer would be Joe Biden, and maybe Senator Bernie Sanders. Now, few candidates would actually admit that today, so points to Gillibrand for keeping it real. Gillibrand, at this point in the race, faces real challenges. She won't make the September debate, and she's a long shot for the October debate, despite spending a ton on targeted ads trying to pull a stire and get her numbers up. Beyond October, who knows? The requirements will presumably become even more strict, so we might never see Gillibrand on a DNC debate stage again. She is not nearly as bad off as Hickenlooper was when he dropped out last week, but still, her campaign has not yet caught fire, and she's been at it for 157 days. At last count, she had something like 110,000 donors and one qualifying poll for the upcoming debates. That's better than most of the field, for sure, but it's also right on the bubble of remaining viable at all. All of this raises an interesting question, which is whether Gillibrand would be a useful VP from an electoral standpoint. She is from New York, which is a safe democratic state in the general election, so no help there. She's also a moderate within this field, and a woman. Both of those could be helpful depending on what the top of the ticket looks like. So it is smart for her to keep these options open, and it is genuinely hard to predict who might end up in that VP position. This morning, Senator Bernie Sanders released a plan to boost union membership, as well as reforming a whole bunch of union-related laws and practices. The plan overall is called the Workplace Democracy Plan, and it is essentially a laundry list of fixes to specific problems that make it harder for workers to unionize, maintain their benefits, and lots and lots of other stuff. Reading from the introduction, quote, There is no doubt that union membership is good for workers. Union workers earn 22% more, on average, than non-union workers. In America today, 72% of union workers have a defined benefit pension plan that guarantees an income in retirement compared to just 14% of non-union workers. Union workers are also half as likely to be victims of health and safety violations or of wage theft, and 18% more likely to have health coverage. Declining unionization has fueled rising inequality. Today, corporate profits are at an all-time high, while wages as a percentage of the economy are near an all-time low the middle class is disappearing, and the gap between the very rich and everyone else is growing wider and wider. There are many reasons for the growing inequality in our economy, but one of the most significant reasons for the disappearing middle class is that the rights of workers to join together and bargain for better wages, benefits, and working conditions have been severely undermined. End quote. The Sanders Plan, if enacted, would more than double U.S. labor union membership within his first term in office and would allow federal workers the right to strike. That's an interesting one, as it gets to how federal workers are subject to losing their paychecks when the government shuts down, which it seems to do kind of a lot these days, but they don't actually have a right to unionize or to go on strike. Well, the Sanders Plan would change that. The plan would also block federal contracts to companies that pay workers less than $15 an hour and companies that have anti union policies. As always, what would this cost, and how would Sanders pay for it? No idea. No math like that appears in this plan. All of this comes ahead of a speech by Sanders today to the AFL-CIO in Iowa. If you're unfamiliar with that group or its acronym, it is the largest group of unions in the U.S., and the acronym stands for American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations, hence AFL-CIO being way easier to say. I don't have audio from the Sanders speech yet, but if it makes waves, we will hear about it tomorrow. So, I have a problem, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I get anxious. When current events are really heavy, it does affect me. And the good news is, I think it affects everybody. The better news, for me, is that there are tools to make it better. And the tool I'm using is an app called Simple Habit. Now, for me, this is basically a daily check-in where I dial in a series on relaxation. I just get in there, and I get that done. But it's not just meditation. There's life coaching stuff in there. There's prep for big life events, and even small life events that might have you stressed out. There's even a whole bunch of stuff in there about, for example, going through a breakup. That is something I could have used if Simple Habit had actually been invented when I was going through all of that. It's also amazing how many people enjoy and value this app. There are literally tens of thousands of five-star reviews of this thing on the app store. So you don't have to take it from me, though I hope you do because I can get you a deal. I want you to go to simplehabit.com ride. The first 50 listeners who sign up for a paid plan there get 30% off. Now you gotta use that link, it's the first link in the show notes. Again, that is simplehabit simplehabit.com ride to get the discount and let them know you came from this show so one last time the first few listeners who go to simplehabit.com slash ride are going to get 30 percent off and you're going to feel good about it if you've ever had to hire somebody for a job, and I'm not talking about somebody to fix your roof here, I'm talking somebody to work with you at your company and be your colleague, that can be a real challenge. But ZipRecruiter makes it so much easier. You can get started at ZipRecruiter.com primary. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans through thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you're getting people coming to you, but they've been pre-screened by ZipRecruiter. If you're using this system, you're getting the right results right away. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, election-ride home listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com primary. That's ZipRecruiter.com P-R-I-M-A-R-Y. One last time, that's ZipRecruiter.com primary. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. On Tuesday, Joe Biden ran his first TV ad of this campaign. It aired in Iowa and is one minute long. And while I normally avoid running candidates' ads, I think this one is worth listening to from a strategy perspective. The ad is titled Bones, and, well, just listen to it, then we'll talk more.
1: We know in our bones this election is different. The stakes are higher, the threat more serious. We have to beat Donald Trump. And all the polls agree Joe Biden is the strongest Democrat to do the job. No one is more qualified. For eight years, President Obama and Vice President Biden were an administration America could be proud of. Our allies could trust and our kids could look up to Together, they work to save the American economy, to pass the historic Affordable Care Act, protecting over 100 million Americans with pre-existing conditions. Now, Joe Biden is running for president with a plan for America's future. To build on Obamacare, not scrap it. To make a record investment in America's schools. To lead the world on climate. To rebuild our alliances. Most of all, he'll restore the soul of the nation. Battered by an erratic, vicious bullying president. Strong, steady, stable leadership. Biden, president. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this
0: message. Okay, so let's break down this argument. First, the ad argues that beating President Trump is important because of the rise of white nationalists. Although that phrase isn't said out loud, there's footage of the Charlottesville rally playing while talking about Trump early on. The next point is that Biden is doing the best in head-to-head matchup polls against Trump, Now, we talked about that on this show on Friday. Head-to-head matchup polls this early are not great, though they certainly look great in an ad. But beyond that, yeah, Biden is the frontrunner in every other kind of poll I've seen, too, so he does have a point there. Next up, we get into a string of Obama stuff. Many of the greatest hits are in there. Together with Obama, Biden helped, quote, save the American economy, end quote. He maintained stable relationships with international allies, and he avoided major scandals. Oh, and they passed the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Then the ad turns to Biden's vision for the future. He plans to build on Obamacare, invest in education, take action on climate change, rebuild international alliances, and, quote, most of all, he'll restore the soul of the nation, end quote. And then some more anti-Trump stuff. And then this line, quote, strong, steady, stable leadership, Biden, president, end quote. Now, technically, that isn't really a sentence, but it's still the campaign message that Biden needs to be sending right now. Biden is battling a variety of narratives, but most of them boil down to whether he's competent to serve, given his age and the related baggage from his many years in the spotlight. The argument he needs to make is that he's doing just fine, thank you very much, and this ad goes in that direction without saying it out loud. The entire ad has three core components. First, Trump is dangerous and unfit to be president. Second, Obama was awesome, Obamacare was awesome, and Biden was part of all that. Third, Biden is, quote, strong, steady, stable, end quote, and therefore a better alternative to Trump, despite the age stuff. The takeaway here is that Biden continues to ignore the other candidates in the primary field and just goes straight at President Trump. The only point he makes that has anything to do with his fellow candidates is that he wants to expand Obamacare and hints that he is not for Medicare for All. And Biden continues to lead in all the polls, so this continues to be a winning strategy. Last up today, The Economist has posted an interactive tool that lets you dig into existing polling data about the presidential primary. This tool is excellent, and for me, it's an instant bookmark. Essentially, this thing is kind of like the Real Clear Politics polling average, except it doesn't crash your web browser, and it looks much, much nicer. So what does it do? Well, a whole lot. But first up, it averages high-quality polls. In a Twitter thread, economist, data journalist G. Elliott Morris wrote a bit more to define what high-quality means. Quote, We include phone polls from firms that survey with live interviewers and online polls from firms that use well-documented trusted methods, i.e. no IVR-slash-MTurk combos. End quote. Just to clarify that last bit, an IVR is an interactive voice response system. In other words, those robots you talk to on the phone that sometimes get it right and sometimes don't. And when Morris says M-Turk, he's referring to Amazon's Mechanical Turk, which is a platform that lets humans do tiny tasks such as responding to polls or transcribing things people said in exchange for tiny amounts of money. So Morris is saying here if a poll uses those kinds of technology, they're out. And that's good because those polls tend to be unreliable. Okay, so that's just the top thing on the page. The second thing on this page is a big, wavy graph showing how candidates have been doing over time. I have to say, this is one of the prettiest and easiest-to-understand graphs that I have yet seen related to polling data in this primary. It is interactive, and it appears to be something that will keep getting updates over time. In explaining it on Twitter, Morris wrote in part, quote, we average the polls over time using a Bayesian implementation of a dynamic Dirichlet regression model. End quote. A um, good thing he continued in English. Quote: The model is specified to give more weight to higher quality pollsters, less weight to data collected in the past, and incorporates pollster house effects. End quote. Okay, much better. And a house effect is a measurable lean that a given pollster typically has. So when you analyze a given polling firm, you might say, hey, these folks tend to go a few points Republican or Democrat, or whatever. They are building in compensation for that effect. And then, things get really, really, really interesting. The tool breaks down support by various demographics, including race, age group, and education. And if you mouse over or tap a given candidate, it highlights that candidate's support among all the groups. So, for instance, I can tap on Senator Bernie Sanders and see that he's doing relatively well among Hispanic voters, he is second among black voters, he's third among white voters, and he leads the pack among the group labeled Other. Which leads to one quick note. This tool is somewhat limited by the data it has to work with. So unless the pollsters start getting more granular with their polls, this tool can't magically tell us who, for instance, Native American voters might prefer. Here, they are just part of the Other category overall. But while I'm looking at Sanders and his support by race, I can also see his support by age. He has a comfortable lead among voters under 30 and a slim lead among those aged 30 to 44. So looking at this, you can easily see the coalition that each candidate currently has and where they might need to look next to build more support. The final part of the system shows us who voters are also considering if they support a specific candidate. This is where the fantasy football stuff can really get started you can see which candidates seem to cluster together and who are outliers. For example, Senators Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris are clearly a pair. Voters who like either one tend to like the other one too. This is very interesting stuff, and you can begin to imagine fantasy presidential tickets using this data and see how they might appeal to different groups. So I encourage you to check out this interactive tool. It is the last link in the show notes. And don't forget that you can click on a candidate's face up top to get super detailed info about that candidate. And this applies to every candidate they've got, regardless of their polling status or if they're in the top five or whatever. All of them. So if you're a passionate supporter of, say, Andrew Yang or Tulsi Gabbard or Joe Sestak, go click on their faces in this tool and dig into the details to see where they're lumped in with the pack versus where they are out there on their own. It's a fascinating piece of work, and this is the best tool I have seen yet for this kind of analysis. Add it to your bookmarks, folks, because this thing reveals a ton of data and trends that are hard to find anywhere else. Well, that is it for one more episode of the Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. Now, I know you've all been waiting for this. So, regarding the tree stump, victory is mine. At least, for now. The stump, which is technically two stumps kinda joined together, is now riddled with giant one-inch holes that go about 16 inches deep thanks to an evening session in the Yarden. Today is supposed to be rainy, so I hope to see water get deep into this stupid stump and start the decomposition process. I might also get in there and just start sawing out the middle, just to send one more message to this unwelcome piece of wood. Meanwhile, I hereby endorse the following product. Irwin Industrial Tools 47416 1-inch by 17-inch tubed long ship auger bit. They get that endorsement for free. It really works. There is photographic proof on Instagram right now. Warning, though, if your neighbors see you wielding this thing, they might call the cops. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow.